Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Hi there. How is your day today? I hope it's amazing. Mine has been a little restless. I've got to be quite honest. But I took some time to do some self-care and I highly suggest that you do the same. If you are feeling restless, that you do something to get feeling right in your body and clear-headed in your mind. Even if it's just listening to this podcast while you soak in a bath or maybe take a nice walk or just sit down and breathe and allow yourself to rest and do nothing but listen and be soothed. Today we're going to talk about authenticity and when the grass looks greener on the other side, how living a life of your dreams is much better than sitting on artificial turf. I'm really kind of coining the phrase like what to do when the grass gets itchy. (laughs) So you know me a little bit by now. Here we are episode number 10. I am about as transparent as it gets. Although like all of us, I have many, many layers like an onion, like Shrek, the ogre, in the kids movie, which is so funny on so many levels. Um, It's funny for children. And if you haven't seen Shrek as an adult, I recommend you go back and watch it. You will find there are multi-tiered jokes in there that are pretty darn funny. But like an onion, there are many layers of um, depth and... um, shallowness I guess to me as well because I still laugh at just the goofiest things that happen like um, kids jokes and nerdiness and all of that goofiness but I digress. I have had to tear down my life and build it back up again numerous times Rather than sitting on uncomfortable, itchy, artificial turf, I chose to look at the grass, see that it was maybe not greener, but it was real on the other side of the fence. And I didn't jump the fence. I burned that sucker down. (laughs) 
<laughs> when I do something, I do it wholeheartedly. And I do it with gusto. And all of my emotions kind of flailing about and tears and snot running down my face. And I'm just pretty unabashedly romantic in my actions. Kind of like Scarlet in Gone with the Wind. I'm a little dramatic and over the top. When you look at life from the perspective of the Enneagram, that's kind of how sevens are. They really go whole hog. Both feet in, that's just how it goes. And you know, I often joke, like, I don't just burn bridges. I light them on fire when I'm standing on them because I, too, like to live dangerously. And that's pretty stupid. <laughs> but that's okay. It's just funny to say it. Though I have done that, and I have made mistakes, and I've been stupid about things in the past, and I'm sure I'll make some stupid mistakes in the future as well. So now that you've been entertained with all sorts of mixed metaphors, let's talk about it. When the grass gets itchy, you know it feels like, I just don't feel comfortable anymore. I feel like I have to censor myself. I feel like my partner is contemptuous of me. I feel like my loved ones make fun of me. And not just in a teasing way, in a way that makes me feel bad for being who I am. I feel like I'm always having to quiet my comments or quiet my thoughts and live in a way that makes me feel really small. I feel like when I try to shine my light brightly, that others want me to dim it down. It feels like when I want to laugh and have a good time that others are covering up their ears because it makes them uncomfortable. It feels like when I speak truths that I know are right and good and I speak up and justify things for the voiceless, for people who are afraid to speak for themselves, that other people give me dirty looks. When I speak on moral rights and wrongs and authorities for biblical principles, that other people are afraid of who might be offended. When you feel like the grass is greener, you feel like you're unloved and unvalued. You feel like you have to justify your actions and like you don't belong. Now, there's some people who in the coaching sphere will say, well, those are just your feelings. But what if you're right? What if you're in a marriage that is no longer filled with love, that is filled with someone who is an alcoholic and abuser who's emotionally vacant or void and not there, who would rather yell insults at the TV and expect you to make meals and belittle you for trying to better yourself 
and just not show up in any sort of emotional presence when you're trying to be vulnerable. What if you've outgrown the partnership and you're just feeling itchy? That was my life at one point. I was trying so hard to be good, to be a good wife, to be not un contemptible and irreproachable or however you want to say those words like not beyond reproach but just to be good and just to you know be pleasing in the sight of my partner physically I was working out I was eating right I was not drinking because quite frankly I felt like crap when I did it and so I would do things like fold laundry make a meal And my then husband was like, oh, look at you trying to make me feel guilty. And I was like, um, excuse me, I'm just doing the things of life. I was young. We were both young. We made a lot of mistakes and I compromised and I compromised too much of myself and my values and what I wanted. But eventually I got restless. I got itchy and I knew it wasn't right. So, the threats were too much, and the bad behavior got too bad, too out of hand, and I left. Well, technically he left, but I filed for divorce immediately because I was done. That's what happens. Chapter 15, right? So, second marriage only worse. Rebound relationships never good. (sighs) When we compromise too much, when we feel censored, when we are told to live smaller and put ourselves in the background. I tried to be meek. I tried to be humble. I tried to be everything to make that thing, that marriage work. And nothing would have pleased that man more than if I continued, but it was, it would have never been enough. Just never would have been enough. Things got really, really ugly in the end when I was in counseling without him. Then he went, then he stopped going. Then I confronted about issues that I really, really suspected and it got very ugly and ultimately I left this time I really did leave and I left for good and I made the decision that it it wasn't worth living a life that didn't feel like my life not that I need to be the star of the show but I needed to be at least a bit part. See, in that relationship, I was always just pushed aside and lonely, not even really allowed to speak at social gatherings or amongst 
his family or his friends. He had isolated me so much that my own family didn't speak to me and they still don't. And that's okay. Because amongst all the discoveries, I learned that part of my poor choices in husband one, husband two, (laughs) was the role models that I had for parents in the first place was their relationship was not healthy. So what do you do when you find yourself in a life that you've constructed that is so uncomfortable? It's just not fitting anymore. The grass is so green. You just want to make a break for it, (laughs) head for the hills, run away, flee, be free. First, stop. Think about what it is that you are truly missing in your life now. Is it a feeling of love? Is it a feeling of acceptance? Is it a feeling of freedom? Is it a feeling of having your voice be heard? Second, can you provide those things to yourself in another format? Because it's not our partner who gives those things to us, ever. I'm here to tell you I'm happily married to my third husband. And third time is a charm, let me tell you. Once you do the work and fully heal, fully understand and go through these steps that I'm telling you about now and really do some digging and some self-discovery and some healing and understand that there is someone greater than an outsider who loves you, you will find the love that you're seeking, you will be able to understand that you don't need a single external soul to love you the way that you need to be loved. You can feel loved and accepted and needed and wanted and valued and cherished and worthy and all and more and free. All on your own. I'm not saying that there won't be lonely times in your life or in your current situation, but they don't last forever. Once you discover what it is that you need, and then you learn how you will receive it, because being open to receiving it is another key component to this. How are you shutting it off from being receiving? Because perhaps your partner is trying to give you those things or your children are trying to to make you happy in certain ways, but you're just not open-minded or open-eyed or open-eared enough to see and hear and feel because you're numb, you're hurt, you have had poor examples in the past or you're being traumatized by work situations or other people who are really harming you and you're just exhausted. I'm not saying this is all your fault. No, no, no. It takes a whole lot of trauma and stress and pain 
to get to this point where you feel so overwhelmed with loneliness and just heart fatigue before you realize that you can't go on anymore the way that it is. You must make a change. But the change isn't always changing your external circumstances. The change must be internal circumstances first before you realize what needs to change externally, if anything. Because sometimes it's just our thoughts that need to change. You've heard me say it before, our thoughts control our emotions, our emotions control our beliefs, our beliefs lead to actions, and those actions create our life around us. If your actions are out of alignment with what you believe, you may be unsupportive of your own life story. If your thoughts are out of alignment with your feelings, you're you're not supporting yourself. So really getting it all out on paper with what you feel toward yourself and what you truly need. Gaining clarity is that very first step towards understanding what it is that's missing in your life. You would be very surprised to know how many people just have this general malaise about life, this unsettled, restless feeling. I don't know what it is that I want, but I know it's not this. So that looks nice. I want what she's having because she looks happy. That's not the answer. The grass isn't always greener. Because just because she looks happy doesn't mean that her circumstances are perfect. It means that she's figured out how to be happy with what she's got. You know, you might be at a dance, to give you a metaphor, you might be at a a dance and, or I guess you would call them clubs, (laughs) and you might be like wanting to hear your favorite song so that you can really just let your hair down but they keep playing the damn house jam and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish they would stop playing this outplayed song so that I could hear my jam and just sing and dance and let it all out. But you've gotta get used to the house jam and just let your body sway to what is going on around you and change your mindset instead and move with the rhythm of life. I am not saying tolerate bad behavior. I am not saying tolerate things that are unfulfilling for you. But I am saying that you have the power to create the life that you want. If you don't like it, change it. If you can't change it, change your thoughts about it. Change your emotions toward it. Understand what it is about the things that are going on that bother you. It might be like your brother-in-law is constantly coming over and interrupting you at the dinner hour and your husband isn't taking control of this situation. You can tell your husband that you don't appreciate dinner hour being interrupted, that you put effort into food, that you like your family time, 
and that you need him to say something. If he doesn't say anything, then you're going to stop cooking dinner. Or you will be taking mealtime by yourself in your own private space because you need peace. Peace above all is what you value. You might say to your husband, if you're not willing to say something to your brother, then I will. You might say, brother-in-law, come in and sit down and have a meal with us. We're eating dinner now. If you aren't willing to eat dinner with us, then don't come at this time. Come later. We'd love to see you a little later or a little earlier. Or maybe we set something up over the weekend where you come in the middle of the day because this just isn't working for me. Stating what you need, once you get clear on the situation as it stands and what you really, really want, the outcome will then change. Once you decide how valuable your needs are to you and you really stand up for yourself and you respect your own needs and you put in those parameters that others really need to respect and understand are there, you will be surprised. You can do it lovingly, you can do it firmly, and you can be unwavering. There was a funny antidote about someone who really wanted to be known as the world's best husband. And he he wanted this validation from his wife and he just wasn't going to get it. It wasn't her way. So he went out and he bought himself a best world's best husband coffee mug. And he drank that coffee out of that mug and he felt so happy. And wouldn't you know it, little by little, she started to see him as that and appreciate him more and be more loving toward him. She saw just how happy he was and how pleased he was in just honoring himself as the world's best husband that she too began to see him as the world's best husband. That was such a sweet story to me. It meant so much to me, and it really was eye-opening because how we see ourselves is really what matters. For me, I know that I am a child of God. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am a loving and accepting person, but I have really strong boundaries. My soul, whom I've recently met (laughs) from an exercise in a book of all things, has been really prominent in so many of my activities lately. It's a book by Elisa Romero um, called Meet Your Soul. It was so powerful. And I, I realized it's so much more than intuition and how fiercely she's guarded and protected me against anything that really gets in the way of 
the mission that I've agreed to take on in this life. And as I move forward, allowing you to know how deeply you are loved, how fiercely and confidently you can move forward in your life once you recognize that you're loved. That's that's what I'm here for. You can take radical steps to change your life and create your life however that looks. It doesn't have to be mean. It just has to be loving towards yourself. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> kind of like when I was divorcing my first husband, <laughs> ain't nobody going to take care of you the way that you take care of you was some advice that I was given. And it's true. There's just no one, no one who loves you the way that you do. I mean, God does, of course, and he loves you more than you do because he wouldn't, you know, let you do self-destructive things like drink too much or smoke too much or drive recklessly or or wear that dress. Wait, <laughs> did I say that out loud? No, you look fine in the dress. No, don't don't be so hard on yourself, but do do make that list of what it is that you need and you want. And you'll be surprised at how easy it is to get those things met. I hope this was helpful. We'll talk to you soon.